Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week's guest is Jonathan Duggan. Jonathan is currently the CAO of a major bank in Ireland. He has worked in the data world for the majority of his career and has accumulated a great wealth of knowledge in which he will share throughout the podcast. In this episode, we talk about many things. Some of the things we talked about include how success is evaluated within his position, how to succeed as a leader, and a typical day as a CAO. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hi. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is, what's your background? What's your, like, what's your story? Just to provide some context to the listeners behind who you are and what do you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so at the moment, I'm the, uh, the chief data and analytics officer here. Um, so I've, I've worked, I've been working for just over 20 years now. Um, pretty much my whole career has been involved in data. Um, so I started off as a database administrator, um, working with uh, some really kind of legacy systems, the likes of IMS and DB2 on the mainframe, but also working a lot with uh, some what was very new and novel technology at that time, which was uh, Teradata. Um, and I guess... Uh, through various roles then I kind of moved out into the business worked more on the analytics uh, side um, so presenting data back um, to end users so that they could start to make business decisions Um, and ultimately kind of moved into um, more kind of uh, customer analytics roles and then uh, worked in the UK for a while Uh, worked for a bank over there um, and about eight years ago, came back to Ireland, and uh, and through that time, then I've I've moved through different roles. Um, I was a chief data officer, and now ultimately um, looking after data and analytics. Hmm. And let's go all the way back. So, what kind of person were you in school? Like, is there was there any particular career that you wanted to enter into? Did you want to be an astronaut? Maybe I don't know. Like, what did you want to do when you were in school? Yeah, I had no particular. Um, career that I was I was really uh, interested in. There were a few things I really liked maths and I really liked physics, um, and that's kind of what guided me then into. Uh, I studied engineering in UCD. I did electronic engineering in UCD, and it was it was literally those two things I was thinking about. Um, how could I do the things that I was most interested in in right. college, and that that was what appealed to me most. And I I was always interested in the practical application rather than the theoretical side so which is why i ended up um doing engineering Mm. and what was your very first job that you ever took uh very first job so i guess probably would have been summer jobs um i was really uh fortunate actually i worked for a number of years in a hospital here in dublin in uh in parmistown um so it's a hospital for uh people for uh with um learning difficulties um i was a really really good learning experience for me um working in there it was very enjoyable as well um but also it was it was the sort of place that made you reflect on maybe how fortunate you were um, mm. and it instilled uh, a really good kind of uh, work ethic uh, in me as well so it was uh, it was quite a uh, a hard place to work but a really really fun place to work as well and how many years did you work there or was it just a couple uh, of months? kind of so i worked there for uh three three summers 
for yeah. summers yeah 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 so it was um that was really it was a really good place to work and you're yeah. saying just kind of like made you appreciate what you have and just you know absolutely great gratitude really yeah yeah so i think it's it's um you know and, and maybe this is even more so today with instagram and and lots of different kind of social media people mm. get hung up on all the things that they don't have yeah um and maybe they don't reflect on on how lucky we are um with a lot of the things that we do have you know um so uh worked with uh with lots of people there um uh, who had their own learning difficulties and, and when we're working through that and um so many of them were really really happy um and it just made you uh, think and reflect on actually all the things that you had so um it's something that i always try to uh to, to take into every day and just kind of reflect on that that you know actually um generally in a pretty good place um as long as you have your health and stuff you know yeah um, things aren't so bad yeah i can absolutely say the same thing for me like uh, like maybe a year ago or two years ago I started writing down things I'm grateful for because like when you think about it like there's like you open up Instagram like you said you open up Facebook and you see all these people that you know in these under holidays or luxurious cars and you're like oh I want that but then when you really break it down like you already have everything you want like you should be happy with your current situation because we have it we have a good we have a good and I'm curious to know so you were doing the database administration and was that the first technical job you went into after uh, electrical engineering or did you do anything before that? No, that was the first technical job I went into. So and how really, did you end up there? Uh, it was a graduate program. In, oh, in, I see. Yeah, so uh, straight in from the graduate program. Um, again, really fortunate. Managed to land in a place where the people I was working with were um, very, very talented, really, really hardworking um, I learned a huge amount from them in a in a short space of time, um, mm. and uh, it kind of gave me a huge amount of professional discipline working with them. You know, so um, very lucky. But no, I hadn't had any uh, kind of technical roles or anything before that. It was it was literally straight in at the deep end. Um, so uh, and looking after really important systems as well. So it was uh, it was. Um, it was uh, a good place to learn and a challenging place to learn. You know? mm. And then afterwards, where did you progress into? Was it the job you're working in now? Well, the same company, or did you have any other jobs? Yeah, after no. That? So I've I like spent most of my career in 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 the same company. So, but I've yeah. I've, wor- I've moved around a little bit. So I uh, so I did eight years as a database administrator. Then uh, I went to the UK um, and uh, working for the same company, but did um, a few years working in uh, analytics so really facing off to the business and kind of developing a lot of MI and insight for the business then uh, I left the bank for a while and worked for a bank in the UK for a short while um, just helping them out with their data warehousing program Um, they had a very major data warehousing program and then um, I guess at that stage I'd kind of been away five a bit more than five years um, and uh, it was time to move back to Ireland so (laughs) uh, there was a role came up here um, and uh, I, I moved back so I was very fortunate at that stage it was kind of 2011 2012 there weren't a lot of jobs going in Ireland at that time as you can imagine um but uh I guess an opportunity came up um so came back at that stage a bit more into the kind of MI and general data space at that stage then I took over a data innovation team Mm. um where we did some really really interesting stuff and it was quite cool we got to recruit a lot of uh really clever people at that stage 
um, and then ultimately progressed from that on to become um, chief data officer um, and then more laterally uh, data and analytics officer. Hmm. So you've done quite a bit of a technical um, experience like work and you're currently you're in a leadership position. Um, so what do you well, what do you enjoy the most about being a leader as opposed to like working in a more technical role? So um, I think the, the, the key bit that's uh, most interesting and it was the reason that ultimately I got out of a really technical role mm. was um, it's great to be part of the execution of a strategy, but it's more interesting for me personally to actually be part of the development of that, you know. So setting that direction, where are we going to go and why are we going to go? What's the rationale behind that? Um, was something that I, I always wanted to really get into. And that's, I guess, the, the evolution of my career has kind of always been about that. So I started off in the uh, at a technical role, but always working with data. And then I saw the power that data had to influence the, the business that I worked in. And I wanted to get closer to the business outcomes, which is why I moved more into the analytics side. And then ultimately you've kind of, you know, progressed along that path. But it's it's really about that um, being able to shape the outcomes rather than just being at the co-face of the delivery piece. Mm. And what actually like drew you towards data? Because like that's where you initially began. Like there was obviously some sort of traction that you know. Oh, I want to get into this field and see see what it's like, taste a little bit. Like yeah. what were the aspects of that um, job that you liked? Um, like ultimately, the, a lot of it is down to just the, the geekiness of it. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not a. Although I said I was, I was, I was pretty good at maths when I was in school and stuff. I'm not a statistician or, or any of that. Um, but it's uh, data um, and working with data is kind of the ultimate um, puzzle, effectively. You know, so mm. um, trying to piece it together, make sense of it, um, and uh, get business understanding and value out of it is a really, really cool puzzle to try to solve. So that's what what always attracted me to it. You know. Mm. But you also like the analytics part that you can, you know, you can uh, see the business using that to progress further. And speaking of business, um, I learned from a colleague of yours that you wanted to pursue an MBA. Would that be correct? But you didn't actually end up pursuing it? Um, so there was a point in time in my career where I considered it. Um, and uh, I guess uh, lots of different things uh, were factors in me in me not going down that route. Um mm. Uh, ultimately, I thought maybe something more practical would be more beneficial for me. Um, not that I've, I haven't quite had time to, to do that, but I started <laughs> more looking towards maybe you'd look at something in the economic space or something very, very uh, bespoke like that or very uh, um, uh, very concentrated in, in one area. Um, and uh, so ultimately, I didn't, I didn't go down the MBA route um, I have been lucky enough here to have spent quite a bit of time um, in INSEAD. Um, so I spent kind of two two week spells in INSEAD where we got a lot, you know got a lot of the lectures from the MBA side, and there's definitely a lot of the content was was interesting to me, um, but I don't think an MBA would have been right for me particularly, you know. And what is this INSEAD? I probably should know what that is. INSEAD no is, uh, it's the probably the number one business school in the world. So oh, it right. kind of trades up and down in the in the rankings depending on, on particular years. But um, yeah, INSEAD is, is uh, so their, their MBA will be world renowned, yeah. 
I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what are you currently most curious about? Is there anything like in particular that you want to explore, read up about, anything that you're just curious about in general? So I, like I do it a lot of reading anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that um, I'm most curious about is the development of analytics and um, AI uh, in particular and how that's going to influence our uh, our lives. Um I have two young kids, I guess, and and sometimes I I worry about some of the uh, more um, kind of some of the features around AI. So, um, you know, increasingly our lives are algorithmically kind of um, dictated. Mm -hmm. Um, A huge amount of content that we see is um, dictated by algorithms. And I wonder about... um, will they stumble upon things will they you know how will they come across things that they might be interested in um in an organic way uh, if more and more of the content that we see is algorithmically kind of driven so i think that's something that concerns me and then the wider ethics part of that as as you move forward um how does that start to shape the society that we're in obviously um you know we've had the cambridge analytica stuff Mm -hmm. um uh, you know, we've had the the Brexit stuff as well, um, and the role that analytics is playing, and how it re- you know relates to free will ultimately, and how can we um, disentangle those pieces? Um, so I think that's a, a really interesting space, the whole space of data ethics, and uh, and how that starts to play a part in in society into the future. Hmm. And I've done a lot of reading about this, I assume, and just your own thinking. How do you think you conquer these problems that you mentioned, like data ethics and like ethics in AI in general? Like, how do you deal with issues of AI? Because there's a lot of positive, but there's also a lot of negative. How do you think you deal with the negative? Yeah, so I, I guess um, the first bit is that, uh, you know, you hope that everyone has the right frameworks in place around their businesses mm-hmm. so that, um, you know, in the development of their uh, algorithms, um they have the right control environment so that they're not beaten biased data to feed you know to um get the wrong outcomes we've seen you know chunks of that where people have developed algorithms to uh sift through cvs and they've you know reflected the bias of the the historic kind of um recruitment processes in place you know that's that's a really worrying thing so you'd imagine that people will just get better at that piece but then there's the whole more um more challenging space of uh, the outcome for society versus the outcome for the business and how do you balance the two of those I think we need to be careful as a society that we don't concentrate um, too much power in the hands of too few Um, so uh, I think that's that's probably the the principal defence that we can put in place and we just need to make sure that um, there's enough informed people around to make the, the right decisions in that space. Mm. And there's currently a lot of innovation in machine learning, AI in general. What do you, what are you currently most excited about to see in the future? Like it may be self-driving cars, 
ending in data maybe like what are you yeah so um I, I think the self-driving the, the autonomous vehicles and and things like that are um really interesting from mm. a, a technical perspective i think the obvious one to be interested in is the advances that we'll get in medicine you know so um uh, hopefully we see um uh, much better rates of diagnosis much earlier rates of diagnosis so that um, we can all live happier lives yeah. and healthier lives right so i think um that's that's a really interesting one i think the other one that's interesting is you know how can we use um ai to uh, maximize things like crop yields we have you know um uh population explosion and uh we've um changing dietary requirements and all of that is leading to um pressure on uh lots of um you know whether it's uh climate change etc um but you know there's i think there's probably a lot of opportunity um in using uh, analytics to maximize uh, things like crop yields and and uh, and um, various different like our other kind of uh, natural resources. So I think they're interesting space uh, places where we can uh, we could usually deploy um, analytics and AI. Hmm. And you're currently the CEO for a company. How are you going to implement AI and machine learning and all these techniques uh, within your own job? If that's shareable information. Yeah, so um, uh, we we obviously use uh, primarily machine learning. We have some AI in place as well. Um, so, like, I think there's lots of good opportunities, and, and there's some of them that we've deployed already in terms of biometrics, which are um, really useful for our customers because obviously it's their additional security steps. So we're, we're um, we have quite a number of deployments of those sort of things. Then what we want to do increasingly is um, use machine learning in this and uh, AI in the space where um, we're enhancing the service proposition to our customers. So whether that's some sort of anomaly detection so that we're able to um, view that a process has taken longer than it should do mm. or whether it's highlighting uh, some sort of behavior that means that actually maybe there's a prompt that we need to put so that we can um, we can help a customer out where they're struggling with a journey um, so they're the, the kind of use cases that I'm particularly excited where we can actually use the information that we have to enhance our customers experience yeah because when you break it down that's what it's all about like customer experience like I think like the biggest companies in the world like Amazon they're huge for uh, customer experience like if you know if your customer isn't happy you're never going to get business so I think that's really important yeah i think and um you know where we want to get to the space is that uh we make everything as easy as possible for our customers so Mm. we we you know what we don't want to be doing in this complicated (laughs) world is adding stress to people so Mm -hmm. you know if we can predict the things that people are interested in under the requirements that we have we should be using the analytics that are um that we have available to us in order to do that Mm. and Data analytics, AI, machine learning—these are very like uh, fast evolving fields. How do you keep up to date with the information? Because there's so much information out there, there's so much research out there, so much papers to read. Like, how do you maintain your uh, knowledge of these topics? Yeah, so um, I do read a lot. Uh, I think that's critically important. And when you say read a lot, how much uh, time do you spend reading? Uh, I'll probably do um, a couple of hours a day. Wow reading um 
So uh, I'm, I, my 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 kids are quite young. So generally, <laughs> when I'm putting them to bed, I probably spend an hour at that stage just um, reading different pieces and stuff, um, and then maybe a little bit later on. So um, I do a bit uh, like that. The other thing I do is obviously conferences and things like that. Um, but as much as possible, I'd like to try and talk to um, other people in industry about what they're doing, you know, um, particularly people in different industries from ours. Um, Just get perspective. Get perspective, you know, and a lot of things mm. you can take back. So, you know, if you're talking to someone from a manufacturing side, there's a lot of that that you can bring back to the process world yeah. that we deal with, you know. Um, we've done uh, a lot of, we've done quite a, a high profile deal with a company who's main background has been in the travel industry um, and we're going to use um, them to enhance customer experience you know so I think it's taken a lot of those ideas that are proven maybe in different uh, uh, verticals and seeing what of those you can bring into into your vertical you know yeah I think that's a brilliant approach and you said reading but like um, is it through books blogs uh, newspaper articles like what kind of content do you consume all of maybe podcasting all of the above all of the above yeah yeah so um probably less books uh right. recently um to be honest but um uh yeah a lot of um uh, a lot of articles um and across a kind of uh a different uh kind of uh, across different media so some of them you know, you pick. There's actually a lot of stuff on on LinkedIn. Um, to yeah. be fair, uh, it's actually um, quite a good place for uh, sharing of articles uh, and stuff. Um, and then you know, like this is in the mainstream to a large extent now. So there's a huge amount um, that you're picking up from um, just your mainstream uh, uh, kind of media outlets. They're they're writing increasingly on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's there's a lot to be gained from that. Um, so yeah, a huge amount of kind of different sources. You know. And you mentioned they stepped away from books for now, or just reading up about it. Um, but I'm, I presume you you've read them in the past. I'm curious to know, like, what are the one to three books that perhaps um, helped shape your thinking, and I don't know, perspective of life in general. Wow, that's a that's a that's a big question. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's probably a, a few like so um, in terms of books. Uh, there's so I really loved the book about uh, Shackleton endurance. Um, so uh, that's a um a really uh, interesting story. Just uh, listening to the hardship of their their expedition to um, Antarctica and how they manage how we managed to lead those men out of there is is incredible. So, um that you know in terms of uh perseverance and never never giving up yeah. just uh, a phenomenal kind of uh story um so that that was one that was actually something that i read in school and <laughs> and reread actually when i was in university um so that's a one that I, I thought was you know just an amazing uh story um another one that uh, i i kind of um really enjoyed as well and there's 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 uh, a really uh easy theme to spot in the in the books that i tend to enjoy right <laughs> um but was papillon uh so again um 
now it's it's um, although uh, it's supposed to be non-fiction there's definitely elements of it that we know now at this stage are fiction but still and it sounds like that it was probably uh, a number of people rather than uh, just Henri Charrier or, or um, whatever the gent's name was but still it's uh, it's just such an incredible story and it's so vividly told it's a uh, it's a really interesting story um, and again uh, persistence and uh, survival um, so uh, really really um, really really uh, interesting one and then the other one is um, again in the same vein it's probably uh, um, Joe Simpson um, so uh, he um, and I always forget the name of the, the mountain. Was it Aconagua or someone, some one of those uh, in South America where um, effectively he was he was left for dead on the mountain and uh, he managed to... Crawl, crawl I've heard about it before, off. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's a phenomenal story. Like So um, I guess they'd be, uh, you know, kind of the... They're, as, as I said, they're all thematically the same. It's yeah. A lot of overcoming adversity and extreme adversity in, in, in those instances. But... Um, really really interesting uh kind of stories um the other ones that i like you know so i, I there's a really interesting book that i read recently you know on a bit of well in some ways a lighter tone but also quite worrying as well um was michael lewis wrote a book called the uh, the fifth risk which is all around um what's happening in the states at the moment uh, after trump took over mm-hmm. and um, the effect that that's had, say, on the public services in America. So, it's uh, it's quite an interesting book as well um, about uh, a lot of the changes that are happening there and um, his speculation, obviously, that those changes won't be for the better. Um, so that's a, that's a really interesting book as mm. well. Just the scale of investment in some of those services in America is is. Uh, mind-bending to be honest when when you start to read about them and departments that you've never ever heard of but actually have played such an important role um in things like the development of you know gps or mapping technologies or any of those sort of things and uh, as funding potentially gets cut to some of those the impacts that there'll be into the future um could be quite stark so uh, a really interesting book as well so those are your top recommendations. Well, there, top books that you enjoyed. Books. Yeah, yeah. And on the topic, you know, there's actually a movie that I think you would love. Um, it's called Unbroken. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah. It's very similar to the books you mentioned. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a super good movie. Yeah. And actually speaking of movies, is there any movies that uh, that, you're, that are your favorite that you enjoy? Yeah, like I um, uh, really like uh, cinema. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, again with two young kids probably um, haven't seen as much recently as as uh, I would have done uh, historically but uh, yeah so there's a, there's a couple like so um, my, my French isn't great so I'll probably get the uh, pronunciation <laughs> wrong but um, uh, there's a few French movies there's a film called uh, La Hen um, which was made by Matthew Kasovitz um, a really really interesting film um which was uh how would you say it was it was uh prescient i guess it was it's about riots in in the banlieue in paris um but he made it before any of that kind of trouble kicked off um right uh, he shot it in black and white really really uh brilliant film it's it's one that's really worth um looking at 
um, and as I said, was was uh, ahead of his time in terms of predicting what was going to happen maybe um, uh, later on. So a really really interesting film. Um, another film um, I really liked um, again set in Paris. Um, I'll probably get the the name slightly wrong i won't even try the french pronunciation of it but um, <laughs> it was called the the beat that skipped my heart um so it was a jacques odiard i think is is the director's name just a really really uh interesting movie um it was a remake of an american movie i think it was called fingers or something um but uh about a kind of uh kind of um guy who was probably uh on the wrong side of the law in paris um but also was uh had this kind of thing in the background where he loved to play piano and he had been away from it for years and he comes back to playing piano and how that kind of changes his life mm. so uh really really interesting movie as well um and then um i guess you kind of you got your you know your classics obviously uh the godfather uh yeah. one and two really great movies and uh really enjoyed um goodfellas as well that's uh that's a great movie so um yeah uh really enjoy cinema um <laughs> it's nice to relax after work i suppose yeah. <laughs> and on a more serious note um what advice well not serious note but um what advice would you give to a 20 year old self so if you had a chat with a you know 20 year old jonathan yeah. What advice would you give them? Yeah, so I think there's there's a couple of things. Um, it's interesting. We we had our grad intake um, a couple of weeks ago, and I sat down mm-hmm. with the grads. And one of the things that I was saying to them was, um, you know, whatever role you're doing, and particularly we see this a lot with data scientists. Um, what's really critical? Um, you will spend time developing your technical capabilities, and that's that's great you know Mm -hmm. but actually what's going to probably be the differentiator for most people is their ability to understand the business and the organization that they're working in right because then you can apply your technical capabilities if you really understand it so actually invest in time in understanding the way the business that you work in operates what it's about what are the inputs and outputs if you like to to the or to uh the organization um and how you can impact those i think is really really important um, and then I think the, the other one that I would do is uh, the other uh, piece of advice that I give myself is probably um, there was a period in my time in my career where maybe I wasn't progressing as quickly as I should have. And maybe I was more patient there than I, I should have been. And uh, it's when you find yourself at any stage in a, in a kind of a rush, it's to challenge yourself to, to do something about it. Um, because you've only got so many life, uh, so many years in your in your working career, so you have to maximise that, you know. So, um, when you have the opportunity to make a change, or at any stage, if you feel you're not learning, um, you should change that dynamic and and find an opportunity for yourself uh, to continue to develop and learn. Hmm. And just a sub question on your first piece of advice, where you said, you know, you're gonna advance in your technical abilities, no matter what you do. But what separates people is actually going to the business and like finding out how how it works and so on. How does someone you know how does someone do that? How does someone understand the business better? Because it's not a it's not an easy thing to do. You know, understand the business. But like, what does that mean? How do, how do you do it for a new guy? Yeah. So th- like, and it's particularly data scientists who ask me this question quite a bit actually. And the first thing that I always say to them is, well, have you looked at the financial returns? 
you know, so do you understand where your company makes money, mm-hmm. right? Or what the cost base is? Um, what are the, what's the dynamic between those pieces, you know? What makes up the cost base? You know, so really simple stuff there. Look at the commentary around the financial returns. Like, just all the stuff that's kind of bog standard. So if you start to do that and then you start to track that, um as there's interim results etc you'll get a better feel for what are the drivers of the organization then you can start to get into the product lines and understand well how does that reflect the balance sheet of the the um, company or the the l of the company and understand um how that uh what the dynamic is there and then beyond that you can start to talk to the people who actually run those products and understand or the people who run the back-end functions in terms of operations or uh, processing. Um, and as you start to assimilate all that information, then you're piecing together the jigsaw so that you can, as particularly as a data scientist, start to add value. So I think they're, they're the, the kind of the key ways. Yeah. Mm. And what do you think are the most important skills for data scientists to have? Um, so you know because we're all like technical I suppose but like what separates a good data scientist from or a great data scientist from just an average data scientist Uh, so I think curiosity Um, so that's kind of reflective of what we've just discussed about so understanding your domain Mm -hmm. Um, you know I often uh, say uh, this um, if uh, you know we've had a lot of astrophysicists for some reason through the, through the <laughs> department over the years but like if you can understand uh, I don't know black holes you're probably going to be able to understand a mortgage but you have to want to understand how a mortgage or you know whatever yeah. product it is kind of works so <coughs> curiosity is really important um, and then adaptability you know so uh, you know you've mentioned the technical piece but like you know the tools will change over time the techniques will change over time um we often hear about people who are expert in this technology but actually what's more important and the people who progress are the people who can adapt from technology to technology and actually aren't a specialist in one particularly so what you want to be is a general problem solver rather than someone who's great at doing that exact thing because that exact thing will get out of fashion yeah absolutely so i think as i said like curiosity and and adaptability and then you know the thing that you can never get away from um i think there was uh there was an interview with uh with jamie diamond there recently and he was saying um you know uh he's never met a successful person that doesn't work hard and it's kind of uh fairly self-evident you you have to give a lot of yourself to to be successful so i think that's that's the last thing are you are you willing to work hard Mm. now i would consider you as someone who's successful in the field of data and analytics and in general so what does your typical day look like um so that may be from when you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed um of course not every day is the same but um what does it look like on a pretty much daily basis yeah so um i get up kind of 6 15 or uh 6 30 um generally uh I'm, I'm up before everyone else in the house so i do a bit of uh reading over breakfast and then um i cycle to the office um mm-hmm. so i'm really lucky my commute's only kind of 15 20 minutes um but it's a really good way for me to kind of uh wake up properly 
so um, I usually spend a bit of time then in the morning uh, cleaning up whatever emails I need to clean up. Um, and then depending on the day, I, I usually have meetings for the guts of the day. So I'll have a couple of days a week where I try to blank out my diary. So I make time available to kind of be a bit more strategic about um, some of the, the things that I need to move on in the department. But, you know, two or three days a week, I might I might have meetings for the vast majority of the day. Um, so I usually uh, my aim is to try to finish up around uh, six or six thirty, but sometimes it'll drag on till about seven. Then at that stage, uh, get on the bike, go home, um, and uh, try to get home in time to to put the kids to bed. Um, and then after they go to bed, have a have a bite to eat um, with my wife and kind of. Uh, figure out what's happened in her day um spend a bit of time together um uh do a bit of reading usually we're, we're probably not watching much tv these days actually um and uh yeah usually try to get get to bed about 11 11 o'clock or so you know so pretty full day yeah so you start work at seven and you pretty much finish at seven uh, as I'd well usually, <laughs> i'm usually in for about seven fifteen seven thirty yeah, yeah. well yeah that's a long day <laughs> um it's 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 quite long at the moment yeah um but uh yeah i think look uh you go through kind of phases where um that's what's required and then you need to normalize a little bit as well because uh you know the the other thing that's important is uh particularly when you have uh, a lot of people working for you you need to have energy um so that you can energize the people around you so if you're in a state where uh you, you know you've kind of run yourself down too low um then how can you lead people so um yeah at the moment we're probably quite uh quite stretched but um you know we'll normalize that again fairly quickly you know mm. yeah and what are the steps that you took to get to where you are now if you know what I mean, but like, so like, what, like, did you, did you ever have like, you know, a decision process? I need to do this, then I need to do this in order to achieve what you achieved right now. Um, so I think I mentioned it a bit earlier, right? Uh, the key thing that I've always been interested in, in my career, and that's, you know, probably been the primary driver is just being around challenge. Mm hmm. Uh, and making sure that I felt I was adequately challenged. So I haven't necessarily had a goal of being a, a chief data officer or a chief data and analytics officer. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I started off in my career, there was there was no such thing as that, right? Right. Um, but you do always want to use the tools that you have available to you to maximum effect. Um, and that's kind of what I've what I've always tried to do. Um, so uh, I've always just wanted to keep learning and keep challenging myself and seeing how it could add more value in whatever um, job or organization I was in. Um, and trusted in the process that uh, that would be the thing that would keep me progressing. If I kept working away on that and, you know, was diligent, uh, added value, then that I'd reap rewards out of that. And um, so that's that's been my process. So I'd, I'd like... I don't have um, any desire to be a CEO of an organization. However, I do think that data and analytics is going to be an increasingly Huge. important 
role in uh, in uh, organizations going forward you know I'm lucky enough that um, it's quite a senior role where I work at the moment um, and I've no doubt that that role will grow uh, into the future mm. yeah I think that's super important to have like just like the curiosity to keep learning the challenge in yourself because if you're not doing that you're, you won't be growing you won't be progressing the career and that's exactly what you did you just you never had a goal you know I want to be this you know position you just want to challenge yourself every day and just learn and that's where it led you so I think that's really important mindset to have and how success evaluated in your field so how do you know if you're successful in your everyday uh, job like how who evaluates your success like how do you know if you're actually progressing and moving towards a common goal yeah, so there's, there's uh, obviously we've quite a lot of metrics around that, um, and it's everything that kind of we're, we're assessed from uh, through all the different lenses. So um, there's all the, the classic lenses around um, the people side. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, then there's business performance metrics. Um, so obviously there's financial metrics around what we do, but then there's um more specific ones in terms of data and analytics and the outcomes that we need to deliver to our organization um and then from a personal side i guess there's you know so in in our organization we evaluate people um not only on what they deliver but on how they deliver as well um which i think is really important change that we've we've uh, implemented so um yeah they're they're kind of the the key um, the key areas mm. and I could only imagine there's a lot of challenges within your job like difficulties that you struggle with every day and I'm curious to know what are some of those struggles or challenges for you um, I think look uh, as I said I like I like challenge so um, you know there's there's uh, as you become more senior the the challenge uh, kind of comes to you uh, a lot more readily um, mm-hmm. I think you know in the in the environment we're in at the moment obviously we've uh, a lot of attrition um that's a kind of an industry norm um uh employing data professionals and analytics professionals means that you're going to have a lot of attrition so managing that is uh is a challenge um and then the other part is in such a fast-moving area um keeping up to date or keeping uh, the capability that we deliver in line with people's expectations Um, and in many instances unrealistic or you know or maybe not in many instances in some instances unrealistic or um, not completely uh, well researched expectations so it's very easy to pick up the harvard business review or the economist or whatever and read an article about ai and then think that there's um some magic piece of uh, ai that we can deploy to a business problem and solve it <clears throat> mm. but that isn't necessarily always the case as, as you know as a, as a data scientist um there uh, can be lots of different complexities to that and you know the use case that might work in one industry might work in every industries etc etc so um it's uh, that can be quite a challenge you know just in terms of uh, unrealistic expectations for some of the capability mm. and looking back over your career what would you say are the three biggest lessons that you've learned um, throughout your career this may be ending at all 
Yeah, so I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think the one of them that I touched on is when, if you're in a situation where you're not learning anymore, um, then it's probably time for you to move on. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, really important. And that's a, a personal one for me. Um, you know, uh, and I think, like you can become stagnant very quickly. Um, and get to a phase where actually you'll look back and you go, God, what happened to those two years? So you need to be challenging and reflective of yourself mm-hmm. um, to make sure that you're you're continuing to develop. So I think that's that's really important. Um, I think the other thing, uh, I'm quite self-critical. Um, so you have to learn and sometimes this is quite difficult about what's the stuff that you have to let go Um, you know so you can't uh, carry one mistake into the next piece of work sometimes you just have to you have to take the learning and move on but you can't let it eat away with you, at you. Um, so uh, that's um, something that I think is is really important and then the last one is just you know I think it's really important to understand the overall context that you're working in you know so sometimes um, we can become very task focused you know I have this piece of work to do and I'm completely focused on that mm-hmm. and come hell or high water I'm going to do that thing but actually not understanding the overall context of uh, the business unit or the organisation and actually maybe if you stood back from it there might be a better way of doing it or actually maybe um, some of the things that are blocking you or blocking your delivery are just more important than actually you need so to so you're climbing up the wrong ladder yeah, yeah yeah you're going the wrong way with it or whatever and you can uh-huh. like that can be negative in, uh, energy for you and you yeah. become frustrated by a thing which actually maybe it's out of your control or maybe it just isn't as important as you think it is if you understood the overall business context so i think that that's a, another one that's really important hmm. and what would you say is the most um worthwhile investment i ever made now this may be time it may be energy it may be ending at all, but the ending that you think was a worldwide investment, if you know what I mean by the question. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the definitely it was it was actually um, leaving a role and and uh, taking up a role in another organization, um, and uh, it was just a real eye opener for me how uh, things happened in that organization. Um, how a department could run, how there could be such strategic focus, how everyone in an area could have could be on message. Um, so I was really, really lucky to work with um, a brilliant leader. I, don't, I only worked for him for a year. Um, then I, I moved back to Ireland. So, uh, but in that period, I learned more than I had in a sustained period uh, previously in my career. So um, actually getting out of my comfort zone um, and I was really, really out of my comfort zone um, was the probably the, the, the best investment um, that I made in, in my career. Mm. And look, I know I know you're busy, but I'm just going to have one more question for you. Sure. So let's just say there's a billboard and on that billboard, you can display whatever message, whatever quote you want to do. So if people on the street just look up at the sky they see this big massive billboard and they see a message from jonathan what message would you put up on that billboard wow that's uh that's a quite an expansive question to just throw in at the end there so um i 
think it's probably something uh, I haven't quite got the phrasing, but it, it is something around um, reflecting on what you have and being thankful for what you have, mm. you know, um, because uh, I think if you can if you can get that inner peace and, and understand, you know, that actually we're all operating from a good base, um, then it makes things a lot easier to, to, to get on with, you know. So um, I think it would be something in that in that vein, you know. Yeah, 100%. Um, before we finish up, is there anything you'd like to say to listeners? Anything you'd like to mention? Anything at all? No. Listen, thanks very much. Hopefully uh, hopefully it was uh, helpful and there was something in there for people to, to take from it. Yeah, Jonathan, look, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the episode.